TV and or movie show that you watch every year between November 1st and December 31st? So all three of the ones that I'm going to use, not only do I watch them during this time period, I usually watch them throughout the year as well too just because that's how much I like the movies they mean a lot more around this time because that's when they're obviously set but I have no problem watching them in March or April too Um, so the first one it's not my favorite but it's probably like my number two Um, but I it's because of the nostalgia because this was the first more adult movie if you want to call it um, that I watched as a kid my parents let me watch it because they loved it and they wanted to share it with me and then it just became I never go a Christmas Without Watching It is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, yeah. Hands down, one of my favorites of all time. Which was a big jump because National Lampoon's Vacation was so well-loved. I remember my aunts and uncles and come back talking how much they loved it. And then European Vacation, it took some time for people to do it. But now I feel like Christmas Vacation, it kind of goes neck and neck with the original vacation. I think it surpassed the original. Think, wow, think you think so it surpassed too. it? For sure. Yeah. I mean, in popularity, for sure. Yeah. Wait, Christmas vacation greater than vacation? I'm saying it's definitely more popular. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely, I mean, I, I, I've gone, I've since gone back and watched the entire series and yeah, I'm not a huge fan of European and Vegas was just whatever that was. Yeah. Um, but I've liked, I liked vacation, but yeah, I mean, even with, even having John Candy in that was, it, it's a great film, but just for, for me, Christmas Vacation will always outrank it. Just Not just because of the nostalgia that I have for, from watching it as a kid, but just it's one of the movies where every single time I laugh consistently. The jokes don't get old. Um, and every time, if, a lot of times I'll find something new that I just either forgot or had never seen before. A small little line will just catch me. And it's just... Yeah, the execution in that movie is excellent. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's the best of the series easily. Yeah, and it's by so, a lot. so quotable as well, too. Like, we... I think I mentioned you before, like when we built our house, one of the things we did is because we framed the house ourselves. So on all the two by four studs in the house, we wrote movie and TV quotes on them just because no one's going to know they're there, but we would. And it was kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. And so like for my office, I did all parks and rec quotes and stuff like that. But we had so many quotes that we realized were from Christmas vacation just because we were building the house. We were finishing the house in like October, November. So we were already kind of in that holiday mindset. And so we were writing a lot of, Planes, trains, and automobiles, Christmas vacation, stuff like that. Writing the little quotes on the, on the beams and stuff. That um, movie's so popular that it created its own alternate timeline of sequels. It has its own sequels yeah, that wow. are out outside. Like you have, it's part of the Vacation series, but itself has a sequel called Christmas Vacation Two. What? Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And did they, you not know this? Christmas no, Vacation 2? I, I feel like you literally just did Doc Brown and Back to Future 2. This is where we're on the timeline. We zipped up and we moved over to Christmas Vacation 2. Like, when did that happen? There's an, entire, there's an entire Christmas Vacation 2 that happens, which is all about uh, the Randy Quaid's family. Cousin Eddie. Cousin, Cousin Eddie. Eddie's family in Christmas Vacation 2. And they go on a cruise... And one of the kids is there, one of the one of Chevy Chase's kids, and it's actually uh, the girl who played Audrey uh, Audrey in the first movie. What Audrey is back from the first movie? Okay, now I'm gonna. I might like, have to yeah, watch it's it. It's like multiverse of madness kind of thing. That is multiverse. I think it came out in like 2000. 
2004, 2005, 2006. I don't know, but it went, straight, it went straight to video. It's, it's probably awful. I don't. No, I it's, can't it's, recommend it. It's awful. Oh, yeah. wow. But, it's, it's, it's like a train wreck, though. I mean, you can watch it if you want to, but yeah, yeah. it's... I remember when they first announced it, I was like, okay, that might be... Because, you know, I love the original, so I was like, all right. I remember watching it, and I don't think I've ever even thought about it that much since. And I was just like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially now you got me with OG Audrey because you know OG being younger, Audrey, yeah, she stirred up feelings. She stirred up some feelings for me, so yeah. I was like, maybe I need to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, I think Randy Quaid. I mean, he it, to me, this is up there now with Die Hard, where the the quotes and stuff that come from it are not Christmassy, but they are Christmassy, right? Everyone, you can wear an ugly sweater that says "shitters full" and. 90% of the people are going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just great. It, it's, it's definitely up there. That's the one I watch every year. Well, and the songs even, in my head right now, as we see, as we see, I'm not going to say for Christmas vacation. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's all. <laughs> Had I even thought about it too, I literally, cause I have, they've done Funkos. So I have the Funkos of, uh, Clark and Eddie, and they've done Clark in a, in the station wagon with a tree on it. And then Walmart just put out a four-pack of all four of the Griswolds in front of a... It comes in like a little plastic display case with the house lit up behind it, and they're plugging in the lights. Oh, wow. And then I just won um, on an auction. Uh, one of the variant exclusives they have is um, Clark holding the the sled with all the marks inside of it and everything like that. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, wow. that, that movie is so crazy popular in... Especially now, they've sold the they've they've licensed it so much over the last two years. So, like, if you go into any store around Christmas, there is Christmas vacation stuff everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. there's yeah. no there's no European vacation stuff. No, there isn't Christmas <laughs> vacation. No, but it really is. I think it deserves. It, wow. it's it's definitely one of the best ones. Is that were you were you about to announce one of yours, Jeff? No, no, I was just I'm I'm still thinking about Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just flo- I just. I'm thinking about the popularity where you guys are, it's driving home that Christmas vacation being more popular than vacation. Uh, I had my neighbor drive by my house and I don't go overboard with lights, but compared to like, if you're next to somebody who doesn't have lights, it's going to look like you have a light, a lot of lights. And they're like, Hey Clark, nice lights. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man. It's like, it's not that many. Cause I think of that. So I think maybe you got, it is more in the zeitgeist. Well, it's so quotable too. Like, my whole family and I, we will literally quote that movie year long. Like anytime someone says, where should I put this? Bend over and I'll show you is always the response we do. And then we do a ton of, where's this at? I don't know, Margot. Like we do so many quotes from that film just because it's, <laughs> it's ingrained itself in our lives. Yeah. And obviously, Julie Louise Dreyfus, right? Elaine Bennis, uh, also now part of the MCU, was oh, in there too. So perfect as the i think because that was before seinfeld right so did it dovetail nicely i think it was into, probably before it was right before yeah yeah so she played a version of that so yeah. all right good pick good pick you're starting off strong mario i think you know the one i'm gonna pick and i'm gonna tell you all about it you think it's a ci classic you think it's a long island classic but i do want to see if our guest geek commander knows what it is are you familiar with the film march of the wooden soldiers I have heard of it. I have never seen it, though. Okay. So I'm going to read you guys. <laughs> I don't so believe this exists. I watch this film every year. I have the DVD. It's also free on YouTube. So I'm going to read it to you right now. Its original title was Babes in Toyland. Keanu Reeves. Yes. Yeah, they did. Love that movie. Yeah. It's so bad. 
But yes, a hundred percent. I was. When yeah. You so they did a remake of it of Babes and of March of the Wind with with Keanu Reeves later on. Yeah. And they called it its original title. Yeah. Which was Babes in Toyland. But this is the 1934 version. The original one. Yes. Is a Laurel and Hardy musical Christmas film released on November 30th, 1934. The film is also known by its alternative titles, Laurel and Hardy in Toyland. Revenge is Sweet is the 1948 European reissue title. And March of the Wooden Soldiers, based on the Victor Herbert's popular 1903 operetta Babes in Toyland, produced by Hal Roach, directed by, although... Uh, yeah, it's, it is an MGM classic. It was originally printed in Sepatine, but there's two computer... Is Sepatine, is that... I guess that's just a fancy way of calling it black and white? Yes. <laughs> yes. <I'll... laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, obviously it's Stanny Dumb and Ollie D live in a shoe with a bunch of nursery rhymes. And I think we talked about it last week. There was a mishap. They went to order... 600 one feet tall to- soldiers, but they accidentally ordered 106 feet tall soldiers. But then there's uh, Barnaby. He looks like Gargamel from the Smurfs. The Smurfs. He's the heel. He's trying to get this girl. He's literally, it's probably some kind of crime of what he was trying to do, but he's trying to force himself on this girl and... Uh, D and Dumb have to kind of save the day. So, I was, Brian, just I was telling Mario earlier, March of the Wooden Soldiers is to Christmas as Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is to Halloween. So, old movie, just very old, like obviously way, but it's only 78 minutes. You can blaze through this and i'm curious if it's going to keep the charm but i think it was like in the public domain which is why wpix probably that makes sense. kept playing it over again but there was this was the equivalent of what we do and i hope i'm not blowing anyone's spot with christmas story being played for 24 hours straight this movie played on wpx all the time so it's it's kind of something that i grew up with they had boogeymen they had People getting hit with slingshots and rocks. They had the baby face. They basically, Mario had a professional wrestling run-in when these goblins were taking over. And then the they had the idea of just like, well, we screwed up that toy order for Santa. How about that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's what you were watching. That's what I was watching probably every time. So definitely worth Going back, I do watch it every year, and I will be watching. Do it you again. think you is it just, is a sense of nostalgia that brings you in to watch it? Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. There's yeah. definitely a nostalgia standpoint, but then there's also just like you guys probably get this. Do you ever get like when people are like, "I've never seen that movie." Oh, you're you're old. Like you didn't see this movie. So I go out of my way to try to like and enjoy movies that were made and distributed before I was born. <laughs> just to show that you can appreciate film, film history throughout the years. So obviously, this is when my grandmother was a kid. So you can say, yeah, I appreciate it. Yet I do watch movies that did come out before I was born, especially now. Not only is there going to be a karaoke shortage, I am curious what the, the future of film is. So it's good to go back and appreciate some of the films of of the past. 
That's it. That's my March of the Wooden Soldier spot. I, I was legit. When you started talking about it, I was like, oh my God, is he going to talk about the Keanu Reeves Babe in Toyland? <laughs> because that movie specifically, I watched because I got it for free at a, I'm pretty sure it was McDonald's. McDonald's was doing a holiday promotion where if you bought a Happy Meal, it came with like a free VHS tape of a random movie. And that was one of the movies, and I watched it, and I was like, this is crazy, but I was poor, so you didn't really have a lot of choices, and watched it so many times, and now when I remember, I can remember a lot of it, but you can't find it anywhere. No. Like, I've looked for, like, there are, like, VHS and DVDs of it that are crazy expensive, but, like, I've tried going on streaming, and, like, nobody has it. Yeah, and that was a 1986 one. Yeah. yeah then, it was so. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's oh, yeah, the young Drew girl. Barrymore was in that, too. Yeah. And yep, then you get Rich- Keanu Reeves, and then Pat Morita is Pat the... Morita, Richard Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, Aileen Brennan. I mean, this this was a, this was a cast of thousands. Yeah. And it's the only reason why I know how to spell the name. I can spell Cincinnati because of that movie. Oh, really? Because they sing a song to it, spelling out. The, and so I'll never forget how to spell Cincinnati because of that movie. Oh, man. See, Admar, I don't know if you can pull that one up, but there's a great VHS box of Keanu Reeves, Babes in Toyland. But yeah, it was totally remade. Oh, and he's got his like total like 1980s like feathered hair. Everything. Yeah. Yep. So it's a good tie-in. I don't know if that, like, yeah, but I don't remember. I think if I remember correctly, they kind of cut out the whole Laurel and Hardy side story that was kind of weaved into the original. Here we go. Of, yep, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Very <laughs> young Drew Barrymore and young Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Did you ever see these videos that are floating around where, um, I guess Keanu Reeves, when he was young, he did uh, like little news bits for a public access station. Yeah, you've seen those. Mm-hmm. And he's like at a parade, and he's like, "This year's parade," kind of like like <laughs> doing the voiceover and doing the reporting and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I haven't seen those. I don't know what That's... parade it was. You got to check those out. Yeah, they're out there. I, I hope I'm not going to have one of those existential crises like I did when we went to uh, Bodies, 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 and we saw. 16-year-old Pete Davidson doing that <laughs> YouTube nighttime show. And I was like, I felt like I was watching Muppet Babies in real life, and it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt watching The Blob the other day. <laughs> like Kevin Dillon is a Muppet baby of, of Matt. Matt Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> I have an overwhelming urge to try a Drew Barrymore impersonation, but I don't think I can do it. But there's the girl on SNL does it really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does a really well one. I think you should try it. <laughs> I don't want to insult her. <laughs> I just don't want to insult her. That's all I got. Because <laughs> I'm a fan. I am a fan. We're talking E.T., the E.T. years, the Poison Ivy years. I'm a Drew Barrymore fan, the well, Scream it's, years. It's funny, too, like how much of a resurgence she's had as well, too. Yeah. Um, Especially since the pandemic. She went viral during the pandemic. And so watching her with her show and she's kind of, you know, she's kind of becoming the one that you watch the YouTube clips of when she brings her people on for the shows and whatnot. Yeah. No, it's really good. He did a report on National Teddy Bear Day. That's what it is. I thought I was in for a lot of craziness. Why are all the bears first name Keanu Reeves earlier. This is way before The Matrix. There's yeah. no Kung Fu in this, actually. <laughs> Yet. What year is that? 84? Yeah. Yeah, so he was just doing, wow. like, he was doing news reports for like one of these stations. CBC. Canadian Broadcasting Channel. I don't know. Yeah. We've got problems. So listen, we'll go down, we'll talk business, and 
hey, everything will be okay. I love this guy. <laughs> you knew he was a star. Everyone, everybody knew he was a star, probably at this point. <laughs> what he's doing a naked gun bit in '84? <laughs> oh, was that my when naked God. gun was out? <laughs> no, I don't think that was '84. I feel like that was later. Oh, that girl's like, hey, I was I co-starred with Keanu Reeves once. Yeah. What I'm waiting for is someone to like pull this up during an interview with him and just like asking him, do you remember this and what was going on? Yeah. He's uh, man. You, I, I'm assuming he's as great in real life as you assume he is, just because you know you had the sad Keanu and you hear every the way he talks and you see how polite he is during pictures. And then uh, I was just watching him. What was what was going on in? Was it South America last week? They had some kind of con convention and the John Wick Four oh, yeah, trailer. The, yeah, in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, in Brazil. Yeah, and they showed his reaction and like he got on his hands and knees. Like I don't know, he just strikes me as someone who's genuine he is, and grateful. I mean, he is known by pretty much. I mean, everyone's celebrity basically says like he is just the nicest person in Hollywood. Yeah, he's just there's not a single negative bad bone in his body yeah, yeah. he's definitely does not don't you don't hear anybody having heat yeah with and keanu. nobody has heat with keanu reeves no yeah and a guy who's been through so much like just tragedy and tragedy, stuff like that yeah. and has just remained a nice kind person hasn't gotten bitter or cynical or anything yeah it's so nice to see it is it is very nice so you, you got to go out of your way to support actors like that i feel like anyway support them all right mario you're up I'm up. You're up. Well, I mean, I already teased one of them, so I guess we'll just... Yeah, just hit it out of the park. Right out of the bat, you know that I'm a big proponent of Lethal Weapon at Christmas. Yes. I feel that it gets... I think everybody everybody loves Die Hard, and now it's a meme. It's a meme. It's a to meme. say Die it's Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah. And this and that, blah, blah. And it is. It's an excellent Christmas movie, and uh, it's been widely accepted as that. And I think you're right. We should maybe move on from Die Hard. Okay, I'm not watching it this year. I'm yeah. going out on a limb. Skip it, you know. And Die Hard One and Die Hard Two is—they're both Christmas movies, so you could watch those back to back, have a solid five hours of entertainment for the holiday. But Lethal Weapon presents a scenario that I think is a lot more Christmassy, right? You've got—it's—it's it's a lot more about family and like loss and loneliness at Christmas. Yeah, you got Martin Riggs. And, uh, you know, he lost his wife and he's alone at Christmas. All he has is his job as a police detective. Yeah. You know, Uh, there's that whole scene where he's watching the Looney Tunes Christmas special. and Contemplating suicide, you know? Yeah. It's deep. It's a hard movie. And, like, if you read the script to this movie, it was a lot harder. The original Riggs was originally even way crazier. Really? It's been way toned down. Uh, You know, as studios tend to do. But I just think this movie has a lot of heart. You know, Riggs kind of finds that, uh, what do you call it, that foster family that he's lacking. He does. Decides that maybe he doesn't. I mean, the last scene of the movie, Riggs, um, Riggs gives Murtaugh a bullet as a Christmas gift. It's like, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. It's the bullet that was intended to kill himself with. I don't know that you could even make this movie no. <laughs> now, right? No, I don't think they would. And yeah. it's funny, like now, I mean, the way you drive it home like that, it really, in a way, it does capture that it's a wonderful life vibe. It's a, yeah, it's a wonderful. But you saw what would have happened is like the contemplation before he did it, and he didn't need to see what would happen. What after he was, he got to live what life was with him. And I gotta say, one of the greatest opening 
title credit sequences ever. It kicks off with that super 80s font. I don't know what you would call it, but I've used it in a number of things. You recognize it when you see it's it's 80s cop movie font. <laughs> cop, cop font. And then it's got the Superman tail behind it. And it's yes. Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock, panning across L.A., skyline of L.A., and just landing on a balcony where a hooker is overdosing. And that's just the beginning of the movie. I yeah. love it. It's Merry just, Christmas. Merry Christmas, right? <laughs> and you can't, you can't, again, it's just like the 80s were a different time. You could just do different things. But I think that this, it's a great opening. Uh, the whole sequence was like, you know, Murtaugh and his family and the kids talking back to him and him trying to eat the bacon and your beard made you look younger, yada, yada. It's just, it's great. And it has that hot sax that drops every time at the end of a scene. Yeah. Uh, and he was only like 40-something in her talking about, how I'm too old for this shit. It's like yeah. he's in his 40s. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he turns 50 in the first Oh, one. he turned 50. Okay. That's part of yeah, the, that's that part of the premise is he turns 50. Man. Um, but yeah, I mean, t- uh, Mel Gibson at the peak of his uh, of his career, honestly, the peak the peak of his hairstyles. Yeah, uh, that eighties so that eighties mullet between him and Swayze, like the mullet battle. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah those are. I think. Big. I think. Yeah, I think that that a lot of people probably went to their barbers around that time and said, "Give me this Mel Gibson." <laughs> they had the VHS box of Lethal Weapon. Give me the rigs. <laughs> give me the. <laughs> give me the rigs. Um, this was one of the movies that you know, even like your or if your parents saw it first in the theaters, and it yeah. was one of the ones that they were literally blown away by, like literally blown away. It literally like it changed action movies. It invented like, a genre. Yeah. It invented cop buddy movies. Yeah. The co- well, actually, I guess you could say Forty Eight Hours. Forty Eight Hours. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the one that really drove it home for everybody. You know, 48 hours had Eddie Murphy and all the cursing and blah, blah, and all the N word drops. But like this one is sort of more an action mainstream kind of classic. Anyways, uh, I implore anyone out there. You're thinking of popping on Die Hard. Maybe just don't this year. Skip it and yeah. pop on Lethal the weapon with your family. Change and, it up. Uh, yeah. Well, I was, it also shows the thread too, because Shane Black, the writer loves, Putting Christmas into his movies, all of them have Christmas, and in so it. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But then even Iron Man Three, that's the Iron one Man Three, right, yeah, has a, that, that Christmas threat. Long, long, long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, I think he was a ghostwriter on Die Hard, wasn't he? Was he? I think he. I mean, he was involved in a lot of that early stuff. He probably was. Um, what else? Me. He's got to have more than that. But anyway, yeah. All right, and look, there's no heat with Die Hard. This is just like. We're branching out because this is becoming a thing. We got it's- no heat with Die Hard. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's. I think you can, we can expand our horizons. Try Lethal Weapon this year. I think like the Disney, you speak about that, the Disney app is doing the Disney Plus app. We, we have Is Blank a Christmas Movie, and they are doing, they're compiling all what the, is, falls under Christmas, and they're throwing it into one, and Iron Man 3 was first. It was, it was front and center, so you're, so you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, every place that I've worked, we end up having this conversation about you know whether so and so is a Christmas movie and stuff like that, and and because people know that I watch movies a lot, they'll always like ask my opinion. I tell them I'm like, in the end, I don't give a shit if it's a if it's a Christmas movie for you, then it's a Christmas movie. Right. I, yeah. I could care less if it's something that makes you think of Christmas and you want to watch it Christmas, then it's a hundred percent a Christmas movie. And if not, then it's not for you. Right. It's perfectly fine. I, I like. Like like Die Hard, everyone. That's the big argument is whether or not. And like, who cares? It's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Watch it Christmas. Watch it in the summer. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Are you? Does anybody? Just a sidetrack here. Does anybody ever watch Die Hard now and just like 
do the do the Leonardo DiCaprio thing every time you see the stunt man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right every time you see the stunts yeah there's like there's, there's there's you can really catch a lot of the stuntman shots in there now i don't know i don't know why that is now but like even like there's this one scene when he kills the first terrorist that he gets the machine gun from there's that whole scene he chokes him and falls down the stairs and then he just kind of like lands there with him and doesn't move and it holds on that shot for a little bit and then he gets up because it was the stuntman Dude, I, and I don't, it could be some of the stuff happened so fast, but I mean, obviously, you being a writer, director, editor, you might you might catch stuff even more than other people. But you could start a website for sure if you if die you hard like, stuntman. Yeah, just and just capture all the scenes that do it. But I no, I have not. I have not done that. The only one I'm not as good as you, and I'm not as fast as you. When the only ones that I knew was obviously they were stuntmen was Spaceballs. <laughs> that was it because they got captured <laughs> you've captured the stunt doubles alright lead the weapon yeah alright cool yeah and JJ said 80s and 90s movies were notorious for giving their stuntmen a lot of screen for time for real stuntmen got a lot of screen time I guess maybe they've gotten way better at cutting that together because they can like blend stuff now and they can digitally put the person's face on the stuntman so. yeah and just do digital tricks that weren't yeah. available before it's like did you try to put a tea bag over it no yeah, yeah we already tried that it didn't work yeah <laughs> put a cloth over the lens put a put a pantyhose over the lens <laughs> all right we rose next up what do you got for your second um i'm gonna throw a curveball all right um because you know i'm i don't really set myself to any kind of like genre like i love i just love movies yeah i don't care about that's what we're here like for that. man yeah and so christmas is no no different and so like one of the ones that i watch every year and i watch it outside of christmas as well too but i freaking love love actually oh yeah watch it okay. every single year without fail mainly just because it's a good movie but and it's all about you know for, for a lot of people, you know, Christmas is all about love. It's about being family and right. stuff like that. And so, like, I love a good rom-com, and this one hits all the spots. It's funny, it's a good rom-com, and it's a holiday movie as well, too. So I absolutely love Love Actually. And I think we were talking about this earlier, right? But we were thinking more in the, in the sci-fi sense of creating vibe. I think this creates a vibe for a lot of people. And, as, and speaking of being in the zeitgeist, obviously... The sign writing, and then write, and then moving with Andy Lincoln doing the signs. That's a thing that, like Zach, uh, Zach Braff, he's doing a commercial right now, right from Scrubs, and they're doing. That's this, a meme now. That's yeah. becoming its own. Meme. Yeah, the the sign that, but that came right. That was mm-hmm. before. Was that even before the NXS video? I don't know who did it first. I'm not sure. Well, I think but. the context is what makes this specifically memeish. Because what are your thoughts on this, Brian? Is that creepy? Is what he did creepy? <laughs> um, he, I mean, he goes to his best friend's fiance's house and tells her he loves her in signs, sign language. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a mixture of. I mean, it's it's a little creepy, and I mean, you can say it's a little endearing as well too. Um, I think that they. I think it's one of the reasons why they made Chiwetelli Ejiofor such a dick in the movie <laughs> is because they wanted you to kind of feel for Andrew Lincoln, and so they made him that you know tell the carolers to piss off and all that kind of stuff so that you. Like, oh, he's telling carolers to piss off. What a bad person for he's her trying to make him full on heel. So yeah. it made it, so it made him more of a baby face move to do that, and here's, not like call the police. Here's <laughs> what I don't get that uh, 
and by the way, I agree. Love Actually is a great Christmas movie. And I have actually a lot to say about this, so this is going to go on for a long time. But the first <laughs> thing I want to bring up is the storyline with Hugh Grant's character and his sec- – is it his secretary? Uh, I don't know if it's a secretary. I think it's like a, a personal assistant, basically. Okay, yeah. where did she end up? Because she's, like, gorgeous. And in the movie, they make her out to be fat or something? Like that, she, That's the running joke is th- that she's – everyone considers her chubby because she's, you know – right. So what, like, what's, thoughts on that? <laughs> so have you, have you. I don't, was she ever in anything else? So she's been in a few things, but have you seen the sequel that they did? Wait, there's a sequel to Love There's a to sequel Love to Love Actually? So it's a short oh, film. They wow. did it for Red Nose Day in the UK. And so they basically got oh, everyone got back to film like an updated, like, what's, where, where are all of them? <laughs> So, like, almost every... I mean, obviously, Snape's gone, so we can't bring him back. Yeah. But for the most part, everyone came back, and you see what they've been up to, and you see that he is still there with her, and then uh, Colin Firth's character is married to the um, the Portuguese lady. They have kids, and then you see all these people where they're at, and Liam Neeson is there with Freddie... He- not Freddie Highmore. Um, what's his name? I forgot the one who played his kid, because he's in Queen's Gambit as well, too. Um comes back and he's a young adult and is marrying the girl from the first it's so great and it's only like seven minutes long really I, yeah, i'm trying to see if i can well, well, we're <laughs> i know i gotta i gotta find that and watch that that's it'd be great yeah it's a great little thing and they did they did it for red nose day for charity and whatnot and so like everyone's back and they have their little ones but they do the whole thing they andrew lincoln comes back with his full rick beard did he? <laughs> and does the signs again and everything like that so they had a they had a lot of fun with that yeah <laughs> I mean, how often can you get Qui-Gon Jinn and Mr. Bean in the same room and oh, then be like, this works? Yeah. <laughs> you can watch Die Hard any season. Adam's right. Yep. <laughs> Just watch it. It is a movie. Watch it at your leisure. I think I watched it the first time. We came out in July. Oh, yeah. It was July. Yeah, it was the summer. So yes. you do you have the Love Actually like DVD, Blu-ray, I yeah. assume? Mm-hmm. You had the whole disc, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, now, Mark, did, cor- tell, me the, tell the story. That, yeah, so correct okay. me if I'm wrong because this happened. <laughs> Is there? There's like a there's an entire storyline that gets edited out of the TV version, right? There's like this whole other set of scenes where it's like there are stand-ins on the porno set. Um, I know that there are. There's additional. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's additional footage of them. There's a whole bunch of storylines that ended up getting okay. cut from the film. All right, so that's what it has to be because like there's an entire storyline where there's stand-ins in a porno set, and it's like the. <laughs> It's the guy from the British office, the one who plays Jim on the yeah. British office. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. They're stand-ins on a porno. And so like he's it's like a romantic sort of the the, the his co-stand-in. They're having conversation about the naked. Not, is that not in the TV version? That's the thing. In the TV version, that gets edited out always. That's oh. not always in there. Because it's real graphic. They're showing like simulated sex and stuff, and they're naked the whole time. But like I remember it was like funny because uh, my aunt was a big fan of uh, Love Actually. She loved it. Watched it on cable, whatever. And she went and buys the new Blu-ray, <laughs> right? And she puts it on at Christmas, like for my grandmother to watch. It's like, oh, this movie's so good. You're gonna watch it. And like the porno stuff started coming out. And every time the porno scenes would come come on, she'd start screaming. And it's like my aunt was like, I didn't know this was in there. I was like, I, it's never been in there before. Well, some of those shots are clever too because there's the one shot where they're having the conversation, and she's supposed to be, you know 
they're they're basically just the stand-in, and so she's performing fellatio on him. Right. And so the camera is up on him, and then it looks down on her, and you just see her doing this as she's talking. Right. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's all, all throughout the. And film. this came on at, on Christmas Eve, <laughs> for my grandma who started yelling, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the, I just I I knew that was a real thing. I've never seen it. Other than otherwise, because I always watch it when it's on TV. I'm a big mark for cable. I just like to have cable on and let it pick what movies I watch. And see, I've, I've got it. I, I stream it every time, all the time. And so, yeah. like, it's always yeah. That whole there's a whole they've got like four or five different scenes where they're doing that. Where he's like, especially that first awkward meeting where like she's like, right? It's, it's a whole storyline, the whole movie. Yeah. Well, the one guy is who's threaded through. He's like, you know, he's kind of the one of the producers, and he's kind of telling him like, hey, we're gonna try this off. Um, can you go ahead and take the top off and. Uh, you know, play with the nipples and all this kind of stuff. And he's like trying to warm up his hands so he can be nice and cordial. There's a whole great line about making that the, you know, the meat cute of this couple just happens to be on the set of this porn film that they're working yeah. on throughout Christmas, the holiday season. It was hilarious trying to watch everybody figure out how to do the remote. And everybody starts yelling at me as, Oh, you're the video guy. Can you turn this off? I was like, I don't even know what, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> What's wrong with this? It's just simulated pornography. It's not actually pornography, Grandma. You know what's great about that story? That sounds like a story that would be in a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> My whole family around Christmas were watching a movie that thought were a Christmas movie. They thought it was Love Actually. It was called Lust Actually. And we started watching and everybody couldn't find the remote. It sounds like something that would actually be in a film. Yeah. And that would happen to you, the filmmaker. So it's so meta. That's so meta. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that about Love Actually too, and I have I do have a lot of thoughts about that. I didn't it kind of created its own genre as well. Yeah, you, this you sort just, of like long, sort of like sprawling multi layer stories, right? Where you're everyone's just, connected, but like, you're and you're just following them separately. For yeah, and you see it. You saw it. They did a, a series of holiday movies. So you saw Valentine's Day. There was New Year's Day, and then there was oh, yes. other ones where they did the same thing. Like everyone's interconnected. It's all these branching stories, and they all have like a thread through where. So and so knows this person, and this person knows that person, and this person is dating, all that kind of stuff. I love that it became its own version. Like, not only it is the re- repeat holiday viewing, but it, like Die Hard, it created its own genre. <laughs> Just like we need to do this with other holidays, because yeah. again, I think if you if everyone had you know a velvet what's up, vest, Mike? What's up, Mike? Oh, Robert Altman, a velvet coat of just like the elite. These are the non-traditional Christmas films that became Christmas film, I think this is definitely towards the top for sure. Well, what's funny too is, is the, it has got such a stacked cast. Yeah. But even then, like, so, so I was just watching a YouTube video with him. So Bill Nye, this is one of the first thing that breaks him. This is what kind of puts him into the zeitgeist is because he knows the director from the director had seen him in something else and brought him in for this. And then Literally, after he does this, he gets the call for Shaun of the Dead. And between those two films, within like a year of each other, he is just launched. Yeah. And then right after that, you go into Pirates of the Caribbean. So Love Actually is kind of the first. And like I had first seen him in. Wait, he's the rock star guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said, I thought you were Bill Nye the science guy. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I don't he, remember any science in this movie. Yeah, he plays Billy Mack. But I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't watch this movie when it first came out because it just wasn't on my radar. So I'd already seen him in Shaun of the Dead first. And then going back and seeing him do this, it was just like, that's kind of where these, these two movies, this and Shaun of the Dead, were kind of what developed my love for Bill Nye because he's such a great performer. And seeing him in this, is just you can just tell that he's having fun. And when he talked about it, on this YouTube video, he just had a blast with it. 
Sorry, I was trying to find that. Bill Nye the Science Guy? Yeah. Well, I was trying to see because I was trying to get his, uh, I was trying to pull up his film, filmography real quick and then I forgot what his, because he was in the Dead Man, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, right? Yeah, he played Davy Jones. Davy Jones, that was it, yeah. But you're absolutely right. So if, imagine you're the producer and this was, you know, for, for anyone who remembers the video store days, like you couldn't make a movie because you needed a face for the box. And as you can see in the picture, it's like, you want a face for the box? Here's all of them. I give you all the faces for the box. <laughs> Bones are quiet. Yes, that is. This yes. is the movie with Qui-Gon Qui Jinn. Jin, the Christmas Qui-Gon Jinn Mr. Bean, Davy Jones. <laughs> and going back to your point, though, too, this is the movie because... It's got Hans Gruber from Die Hard Hans in it. Hans Gruber from Die Hard. I had never seen anything, but the, the woman, Martine McCutcheon, who plays um, Hugh Grant's personal assistant, yeah. I fell in love with her. Because of this movie, she's adorable. She What's is the deal? Fantastic. What? She's. I mean, she's got. Why the is accent. everybody giving her crap? The accent's always going to put you up higher ranking. Um, she's stunningly beautiful, and she's not super crazy thin. Like I love Kira Knightley as well too, but Kira Knightley can be a little too thin. Yeah. Um, but Martine McCutcheon is just stunning, and she was. I believe she was a supermodel, or at least a, a, you know, like a fashion model, for a while there too. And um. I think she's done a couple of other things as well, too, but I'm not 100... But, like, this is what I always know her for, but I remember watching the movie, and I was like, oh, my God, she is stunning. What is her name again? Martine McCutcheon. Okay. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could talk all day about her. Um, But, yeah, no, this movie is just... It's... I love watching it every single year. Um, I love Alan Rickman in it. And this is honestly... If you haven't watched, you know, Robin Hood or watched Harry Potter... So many people know him from this specifically. Yeah. Um, and he's such a bastard in the movie. But even then, you're like, oh, it's Alan Rickman. You can't be that mad at him. Right. Uh, totally agree. Is he a bastard, though? Can we have this debate? Let's just, let's just debate it. I don't know. Let's just get it out in the open. I feel like it's debatable. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. What was going on? What was going on with him and his wife? Were they, were they maybe just past, past their heyday? No, Am I, I going to be the heel in this conversation? Come on. I think I think in the end, it's it's one of those like every marriage. I mean, I've been married for quite a while, and you know, here's Martine McCutcheon, by the way. Yeah. See. So oh, I've been yeah. married for a while, and it's not like you know, after once you when you get married, you kind of settle into this kind of groove, and it gets nice and comfortable and whatnot. And I think I think he is kind of a bad guy in the movie, just because, she, like, if he if got his had, wife a CD. Like if Come they, on. Well, that. And if they had shown her, like, <laughs> nagging and constantly riding him and being difficult and being nasty to him, then even it wouldn't excuse it to begin with, but you could kind of understand his point of view. But he's got a beautiful wife and and kids and everything like that. And then I think part of it was just the typical male thing. It's like, oh, a attractive younger woman is flirting with me. I've got to see where this goes kind of thing. So I do, especially, I mean, being a husband and a dad – Especially around the holidays, I just yeah, I, I kind of think he's a bastard. <laughs> Fair enough. Why do you think he's not a heel? I don't think he's not a heel. I just think it's debatable. Maybe he was just ready to move on in his life. You know? <laughs> Maybe he was time to change for time for a change. <laughs> he did the uh, Owen Hart. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. All right, let's pull up. I'm gonna give. I'm throwing another one, and I'm gonna throw it. All, and I guess we should preface it. I don't know if you guys have. Do you guys have? something this is we're we're going over repeat viewing so it's really hard to pick anything that's like super current 
like I'm going to just get it out there. We know we're going to be watching Violent Night for years to come. We don't don't say anything because to my shame, I have not been able oh, to watch no. it yet. Yes, it's on my list, but we had to, we had to choose between that and then the new Ryan Reynolds Will Ferrell. Oh, Christmas movie, and so we okay. watched that because of the kids and whatnot, which it's fantastic. It's, it's a good. great movie. Oh wow, it's, okay. It's probably going to be in the rotation going forward. Oh wow, really? but I had, I had to cut it off. I, I didn't realize it was the sh- an actual musical. And see, that's what I loved about it. Like I'm, I was like, it's a, this is a real musical, and it's two and a half hours. I don't I don't know if I have time for this. <laughs> My the musical theater nerd in me just was like, yes. So I love that. But also, I, I can I've already heard a lot of people talking about Violent Night, and so I can already kind of tell that's going to be because the same way with Bad Santa, I love oh, Bad a Christmas Santa's movie that it's. One, yeah. It kind of flips on the whole Christmas spirit thing, so. Yeah, and Bad Santa pulled it off at the sequel. Like, I remember just laughing out loud at the theater. But yeah, those are the ones that are a little more current that you can, you're definitely going to watch over and over. The Guardians of the Christmas holiday special, you're going to watch that over and over again. I mean, it, it, they did a really good job of containing everything and not having to worry about where it is in the phase and the timeline and just like, oh, they're chasing Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we're gonna watch that. It's every a nice year. little standalone. <laughs> yeah, so we're not gonna go current. So I'm gonna go. I'm going back. I'm going back deep again. And as you can see, it's on my head. You gotta go with any Rankin Bass classic. You can even go to the complete Rankin Bass Christmas collection, which just is basically a supercut of the best of the best. So if you want to go. And if you're just a fan of Rudolph, or if you want to go with the animated Frosty, or if you want to go Heat Miser, you Team Heat Miser, Team Snow Miser, there's a, there's a Jack Frost. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Young Santa, he's actually in there. So if you watch this supercut, and there was a character in Frosty the Snowman named Karen. And I don't know if this was an origin story of a Karen. Was she at the North Pole complaining about yeah, gifts know. being d- delivered uh, late? But here's her bio. No one loves a white, snow-filled Christmas more than Karen, the adorable little girl who gave Frosty his name. So what made Karen go wrong between when she loved Frosty to like, I need to talk to your manager? <laughs> <laughs> but you can, And there's actually a, a little drummer boy one, mm-hmm. which you know we're already on the WPIX vibe of Davy and Goliath that has that kind of vibe too. But obviously, I think every... Here's a controversial take. I think everybody, when you think Rankin Bass, you think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the best, and you got Bumble. But I think that the year without Santa Claus with Heat Miser and Snow Miser is up there. Again, this is like it's vacation. It's a close second. It's yeah, a close second. It's, they actually they created an alternate timeline, and they had a sequel that had somewhat of a stop-motion animation, but it was a little bit more 90s feeling, like you felt like you should have been drinking ecto-cooler while you were watching it. But the the charm of the characters came through. So, the, But this is one, like, you can sit and watch it, or you can just, like, have it playing as part of your holiday decor. Light up the trees and just have this going, and you can turn, you can watch it, you can sing the songs, you can say... I need you to go see the mayor. <laughs> so, yeah, I think any Rankin Bass classics, but I'm going to just push for that super cut of the Rankin Class DVD collection. And uh, that elf right there, right? He got a shout out in 
James Gunn's song. He he wanted to be a dentist, and now he's sleeping with the fish. <laughs> so I mean, again, it's it's in the zeitgeist. What was that? What was the elf's name again? It's an, uh, um, no, of course you'd ask me this. Chad, Chad, help us out. He wanted it. Timmy? No, not Timmy. No, it's, it's not Timmy. It's a really kind of Timmy. No, it's like, it's like a nerdy kind of name. It's like Sherman or Dwight. Yeah, it's or one something. of those kind of nerdy type names. Adam says, if I'm ranking bass, I'd have to go with wide mouth, then striped, then spotted, and I guess small mouth to round it out. <laughs> also, one of the most delicious fish you can eat too. Those are solid bass rankings. We need Maddie Maddie hooks a lot here to, to play name that fish again. <laughs> he would have thoughts on this. <laughs> he would have an alternate would lineup. <laughs> Smurvy, Murvy, Murray, Murray, Murray the elf. Let's go with Murray. All right, we'll 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 let that come up. But Mario, you, you got uh, Hermy, Hermy, I knew Hermy, 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 the, the, Hermy elf. the elf. He wanted. I mean, it's for Santa. <laughs> it's just it was there's something just the whole again. We're talking about it. I guess Christmas when you create a vibe. I mean that those any of those Rankin blasts. You feel like you guys remember the Viewmasters, the and like it just felt like, oh wow, this is like Viewmaster in real life. So I think you can you can always go back and watch those. All right, Mario, you're up. What you got next? Um, all right, well, my my next one is uh, one that I always like to watch. I think it's my favorite version of A Christmas Carol, and that's Scrooged with Bill Murray. Oh, okay. Uh, I like Scrooged a lot. Do you guys watch Scrooged? Yep. Scrooge yeah. is on your list. I think. Go that- back to Jersey, you moron! <laughs> I still yell at people. <laughs> I love I love the whole network TV angle. Obviously, us being TV guys, you know, we we like that whole thing. Love how it starts with the uh, the trailer with Lee Majors and their uh, what is it Attack on Christmas yeah. or something like that. I just think it's solid. I think that this one exists in that time and space where Bill Murray just didn't have to read scripts or know what was going on in the movie. He would just show up and say whatever he thought he should say. <laughs> That's how they made Ghostbusters, you know? Like, he said none of the lines from the script. He's just, like, ad-libbing the entire movie. This feels a lot like that, but then you've got, uh, you know, Richard Donner directing. You've got, like, really great visuals. I just think yeah. it's solid. It feels re- It's got a good, uplifting ending. Um, but like, I think there's a lot of really hilarious parts of this movie, and they don't really even have to like small stuff that has nothing to do with the plot. You know, like there's one scene that I just crack up every time when he's in the homeless shelter, and they think he's like Richard Burton. Yeah, <laughs> they think he's Richard Burton, and like uh, you know whatever you get the, you get the scene, you get the joke, what's going on? They think he's a famous actor, and then he starts doing Shakespeare, but he's not saying anything. He's like, therefore, I fall swell. <laughs> and he's like doing, you know, trying to pretend like he's doing a Richard Burton thing. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, that's one of my favorites. I, I love, I love how, one of my favorite things is just how balls out insane Carol Kane is. Yeah. Yes. As goes, she is she was so, so good in and that. And you like, the whole time you're like, what in the hell is she doing? But it just works. Yeah. She was great. And again, that movie has an aesthetic that it really does capture to make that feel and uh, props to the makeup artist, everything about that. But, you know, that's what you think of, right? You think of her, those attack scenes that she had in there that were just so good. I think there was different phases of Bill Murray's career that are kind of added, that always added to the legend that he is, right? You have, you know, you had his SNL stuff, which is a little separate. You then had his stuff that you think of like Stripes, you know, Caddyshack, you know, the go-to stuff. 
But then I think now you're getting into Scrooge. Peak Bill Murray. Yeah, Ghostbusters and Groundhog's then leading into Groundhog Day where you're, you're starting to see that he always had that weird madness, but it was like, oh, yeah, the, he's, he's doing his character from SNL. But that's so far removed now. Now he's the actor, like you said. Now he's just the improv guy that's just reading that stuff. And Scrooge really did capture that portion of him for you know even you know quentin tarantino doesn't like the those type of story arcs but that story arc for a holiday movie like this works fanso cannibal just threw out emmett otter's jug band christmas oh That's yes his favorite thing to watch <laughs> yeah yes and you can check that out on our page too we we already we, we did a cool spot we never did find those uh, the bts shots of Emmett Otter's Japan Christmas of just like outtakes for a puppet show are very good. But yeah, in that's, the washtub. yeah, that's, that is always good. And that's on Disney plus, right? We confirm yeah, it is, it, it is. is on it's there. It's on there. But yeah, peak Bill Murray. Good, good, good selection there. All right, B Rose, you're up. You got one more. So my third one is going to tie into those two nicely, actually, because hands down. And I, I get into this every year. I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. Sorry, Mario. Um, my favorite holiday movie of all time will always be the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, hands down. It's, it's, it's my favorite version of the Christmas Carol. Although I, I love Scrooge, but for me, nothing beats. And I, and I watch it multiple times every holiday. Michael Caine, right? I've watched it twice so far this holiday season. You've already watched it. And I'll probably watch it again right as we get to Christmas. I absolutely love the movie. It never gets old, but I'm also I love the Muppets. I've yeah. always loved. I the love Muppets. the Muppets as well. Yeah, so it's I, it's it's kind of that it's that perfect. What I love about it is is like, like the Muppet movies. Later on, they kind of started doing where it's just Muppets everywhere. Yeah, but I like it when they kind of do the mixture of the Muppets with the humans and whatnot. And for some reason, this one just hits it perfectly. Just the choices they made for the who, which Muppets are cast as which characters and whatnot. And it just the whole movie just works perfectly. Well, here's here's the mup the secret to the Muppets. Secret to the Muppets movies is they're always better the more the humans don't acknowledge that these are Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> and like if you watch the Muppet Christmas Carol, Michael Caine is like he think he's like doing uh, theater Scrooge on theater <laughs> uh, somewhere in a London stage, and he's completely serious. You gotta no sell the Muppets. You no, no sell, sell the, the Muppets, Muppets if you want to have a successful Muppet movie, <laughs> and that's what's going on in this movie. And I think that's why it works really well. Um, that's one I want to revisit. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I probably I would like to. That's on Disney. Thank you, Disney. I'm, well, I'm only six ninety nine. I'm super excited this year because the big thing is like I've, I've watched it since I had the VHS and the DVD, and in the original version of it, there is a, and I get why they cut it because it really tonally kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit, but there is a whole sequence. Um, of a song that's in the original cut that is fantastic. And then once they did the remaster, I believe it was for the Blu-ray or for a couple of sets of the DVDs, they completely cut it out. The entire song. I've heard about gone. this. I heard about this. Yeah. And for the first time this year, Disney Plus has gotten and they've added it back into the film. Oh, And nice. it's so, it's such a beautiful song. It's a very sad song. But you get to see this really great shot of Michael Caine singing along crying and it's just got so much emotion i'm like how the hell did y'all cut this out but it's so fantastic and they finally got it back on the disney plus version so i'm i'm loving that specifically about it because i've i've got the soundtrack on my phone i play it all the time and the song i listen to it and it's such a beautiful song 
And it just blows my mind that they were like, yeah, this kind of just doesn't fit in the movie, so we're just going to cut it out completely. And it kind of throws off. It, it, you get that extra scene of Scrooge in his past, and this one specifically is about you know, the love of his life and kind of that turning point where he went from just someone who was maybe just uncaring to someone who became kind of cold. Yeah. I And you think they cut that? Because, again, the original Muppets started off like, you could be drinking scotch, right? I mean, the, those original Muppet shows were shows that you watch with your family, adults and kids alike. You had adult humor in there with the kids' humor. And then it started skewing a little bit more. Like, are these kids' movies, do you think they were cutting it out because they put Muppets as kids? But I don't consider, again, Muppets... Especially the original trilogy of the Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan. I've never really considered those kids' movies because usually your parents or your aunts and uncles went with you and they were laughing at too. And you can tell Jim Henson was sneaking in jokes for the adults that he knew were watching too. Well, he was he was kind of like Pixar before Pixar. He knew right. that you can't just play to the kids. You have to give right. the parents something because then that way, as the kids grow, they'll start to appreciate the other jokes that they didn't get as yeah. young children. I think, I mean, I, I know there's probably stories out there that talk about why they cut it. I think, honestly, all the music in the film is really upbeat and bright and joyful and things like that. And this is a a ballad that's sung about sadness and about losing love. And so I'm guessing that maybe they just were like, well, it's just does, it's tonally, it kind of just brings the film to a stop and for three minutes, you kind of just watch this happening because it's literally it's it's a ballad. There's a, there's not that many camera angles. It's just kind of shot from a few different points, and they just let her sing it. And she's so good. She's got such a beautiful voice. And I think that tonally, it just kind of probably threw them off a little bit. And they were like, you know what, we don't need this, and they just took it out. But oh, since man. they since that happened, there's been this furor from like fans of it online, yeah, like put the fucking song back. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I, you can't go back and edit. George Lucas is the only one that can do that. <laughs> no one else can do that. Leave the Muppets alone. But this movie, I feel like you know we were talking about the original Muppet trilogy, so to speak, right? When they went to the, I feel like this one was one that kind of stands out because you again there was a bunch of others that kind of got lost in the shuffle like you said muppets were everywhere but you hear of uh the muppet christmas carol and people speak of it the same way they speak of like the original three well i think there's a lot of there's a lot of love in this one because and people complain about it too because you know this is the first movie that was made after jim henson passed oh i didn't know so his son brian henson is the director and, and kind of took over kermit so you know, Kermit's not going to sound 100% like that. Um, but, you know, they've talked about it. Brian Henson wanted to make this movie specifically about, and part of it is, is you know, the feelings that he had about his dad and whatnot. And so you can just see how much love is put into this movie. Yeah. Just throughout. I mean, because, I mean, everyone kind of knows the tale of A Christmas Carol, but they did some really nice things of kind of playing on it and switching things up and stuff like that. And having Gonzo portray charles dickens with rizzo and telling the story it was just it's one of the greatest things about the movie i I absolutely like i used to as a kid when i watched movies i'd always because i wanted to be an actor i would always like you know if i was doing this i'd want to play that character and when watching this movie i'm always gonzo (laughs) always gonzo brian we're gonna cast you in our next movie now yeah now now that you've said it on the internet oh yeah back you always wanted to be an actor i'll always we're casting you in the next one yeah i've i've been in a whole total of two films for like three seconds so (laughs) we're gonna change that (laughs) we are gonna change that absolutely
All right, I got one more. This is a little bit, not really a movie. It is a little bit of a show, but it's, again, I, my pattern, I guess, is super cuts. Every year, I re-record the primetime special of the best of Saturday Night Live Christmas specials, <laughs> and I watch it every year. And I can just, I can watch Steve Martin talk about, if I had one wish for all the children all around the world, and man, that whole story, I can, I, it never gets old to me, and it's so old. And then John Malkovich, you know, reading <laughs> that, just that, <laughs> the way he reads the poem, and then the current stuff. And I guess I got a little bit of a soft spot because I was watching that when my son was little. And this is the scene where, uh, Will Ferrell is singing the special, but he's on the wheel and it's just spinning as, and he's singing the most wonderful time of year. And then he starts telling him it's going too fast. It's going too fast. And he just, <laughs> and he just starts throwing up. Like you love, I love it. It's always great on this snow when they do the fake vomit. Yeah. And they got the sleeve. And yeah. You got the sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming out the sleeve, you know, everything like it's, it's great because it's the all-star lineup, right? You got, you got sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. Sweaty sweaty balls comes back. You got it's it's Christmas time for the Jewish people in New York. You got the stop motion animation from TV Funhouse in there that is just. I, I'm wondering how that's gonna. <laughs> wondering how that's gonna age. But those were always a little bit edgy. The TV Funhouse stuff it was always a little bit edgy. But you can't deny that that song's not a banger. Man, you sing it. I mean, it's up there. <laughs> it's. Christmas time for the Jews. <laughs> yeah. and man, it's, it's songs of banger. So I, I, I watch it, and it's stuff that you've seen over and over again. Again, to give a shout-out for the new perennial that you're going to watch of the Guardians of the Galaxy, they did, if you listen to on Spotify, the mix, they have the song that they sang every year was uh, Chris Kattan, uh, Tracy. I, was, I almost called him Tracy Jordan from, <laughs> from, from 30 Rock. And then... Uh, Horatio Sands, and they kept saying, and uh, my son calls him one of the unfunnies that, that, like, he hates. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, yeah. And they sang that song every year. And and that's a whole other take. We probably get my son on here and find out why he hates all late-night TV show comics. (laughs) Hates them. Hates them, especially if they show any commercial in film. He's just like, I can't tell any of them apart, and they're all not funny. (laughs) <laughs> that's <the> old- <laughs> yeah that song is just so good <laughs> that's one of those things you know that's some crap they made up at the last minute they were just like we need to fill a minute yeah can y'all just make up a song that's friday night at one in the morning yeah and it's, and it's like it's i love watching that skit because it's like chris katan is just holding the keyboard yeah that's, all that's does, his right? whole job and <laughs> tracy and uh, tracy jordan uh, tracy tracy morgan is, is just dancing <laughs> he's the dance he's oh, yeah, the he dance did. portion of it and uh it's really just horatio sands playing guitar and doing all of it <laughs> again and uh they they it's like a they pick the best of the best and it's all just rewatchable their halloween one is, is good as well for sure but the christmas one baby's got to have his dillman's i mean it's just everything is so good and i i don't know again sorry jack if you're watching but i mean i thought jimmy fallon when he did the singing through the halls you, you know and he ran into the the old white man with the gift like that whole thing i just it just captured seeing Bill Hader and they all came out in ugly sweaters and, <laughs> you know, Kristen Wiig was part of that. It just, I don't know. Again, it, it creates a vibe for me and it just works and I watch it every year. I mean, I, I do as well. And I love it when it's on TV. I'll watch it when it's live. 
I like to see it at the appropriate time. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, like, I know I can stream anything. Again, like I said, I'm a mark for cable. I prefer to be programmed to. I don't want to have to pick things. Just tell me when to show up to watch it, and I'll yes. do that. Um, yeah, it's great, man. Yeah. I, I love SNL Christmas. That that does create a vibe. SNL, I feel like we're, we're in a weird spot right now where SNL now has become parody has been eclipsed by reality, so it's hard for it to even yeah. be relevant anymore. But uh, classic SNL Christmas, yeah. Landshark, don't they do Landshark Christmas? Uh, I is they yeah they go back because they get no they go back to Dan Aykroyd showing the uh going through the safety of with Jane Curtin Mm. of all the toys I mean and he's he's just like what 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 you think this thing you say what I was like it's not even that funny but then he takes a bump and he's like ah. I can swallow the ball. What are you gonna do? It's dangerous. So you wait one. It's just like I got, I got Johnny Switchblade, and we got we got a bag of glass here. The kids are gonna love bag of glass. John, Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk. <laughs> That's it, Johnny, Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk. I want that for Christmas. That's what I'd want. For I do Christmas. need that. I need Johnny Switchblade Adventure Punk. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right, Mario, I think you're, you're, you're our cleanup. What do you got? The last one. Um, look, I have one that I don't have I don't have an image for yet, but let me just queue it up. I watched this the other day, and actually I watched it last year too. And this, I don't know that this – well, no, I'm, I'm positive that this movie is completely unmakeable today uh, in, in the era we're living in. But uh, the one that I revisited and I find it hilarious is um, – Harold and Kumar's Christmas. Oh, yeah. I it was a three. It was one. a three 